So we are going to start with uh, the meditation on equanimity, which in the Mahayana tradition is the foundation for the mind of bodhicitta, the awakened heart. And equanimity means that as a foundation to cultivate or connect with compassion to everyone, what we first do here is we deconstruct the projections we put upon people, the categories we put upon people. For a particular, the category of a stranger, enemy and friend. We start to see that those categories, that they are made up, that, that it is, or another way, in, in other words, we start to look through <coughs> our own projections. We start to recognize projections as projections. And the way we do it is we contemplate and we look at people recognizing that we are so similar, we, 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 that we know each other, that there's something where we can meet. It is something which uh, Christy Neff, the, the researcher of self-compassion, calls common humanity. So we recognize something which is what she called common humanity. And we will do it um, now, when I guide, we will just use this group. Yeah? So we will just take these ten people as an example. And it, it is true on one level, probably you don't know much of each other, maybe of maybe some of you you don't know even the names of the people today. You don't know what they work, you don't know do they have children or not. So th there is a lot of things you don't know. So you could put them into the category stranger and feel a bit like, yeah, I don't care so much. Like. I don't know them. Now, if this would be a person who is like 20 years young, younger than you, have a different sex, and maybe comes from a different country, that kind of alienation would be even more stronger. It would even more stronger feel, oh, I don't know this person. I, I, I can't, I, maybe there's even a feeling of, I can't really talk with this person because we're so different. We don't speak the same language, we don't have the same age, we don't have the same sex, we don't have the same skin, skin color, we don't have the same education. So what are we going to talk about? It's like we have nothing in common. Yeah? That's, that's our projection. And in this meditation we, we ask ourselves, or we explore, what is it what I actually know from, of this person? If I look at this person, if 
I connect, if I kind of look behind these projections, when I look into the eyes, eye of this person, when I connect with my feelings, with my deepest longings, with my wounds, and then I look at that other person, what happens then? And what happens then is that you get a sense that, wow, I know him, I know her. I can see it in her face, I can see it in her eyes. She is struggling just like me. She, she, she is able to love just like me. And, and then, then slowly, slowly you develop a sense of there's no strangers. And you can cultivate that sense of kinship. It's a sense of kinship. It's a sense of uh, family. You can, you can connect with that feeling even if there would be a person now here who, would, who lived 2,000 years ago. Because also a person who lived 2,000 years ago is part of the human family and can be seen like that and can be met like that. So let's play with this. Uh, let's see what happens if I uh, invite you to uh, mm, invite you into this reflection. So I will, as with Metta, it's a meditation initially based on sentences, on uh, reflection. On mental, on mental images. What is important here that you are not trying to force yourself into a certain experience, but that you just re, you, you just remain open and mindful of what happens when I invite you into this reflection. <coughs> so let's take a few moments to just check in. If you make yourself comfortable, uh, you close your eyes, or if you feel uh, you would fall, as fall asleep, then maybe you can keep your eyes a little bit open so that some light comes in. And then just make this gesture of welcoming and allowing to shift, allowing yourself to shift from the break, from the talking, from the walking around. So there is also this shift from the head into the body. And the breath can you support you. So you breathe into your body and with the out breath you relax and as best as you can you release some of the unnecessary tension, some of the unnecessary effort. So your shoulders they soften and 
your belly softens. And your face So your hands, your belly, and with the out-breath letting go of the thinking. So then when uh, bring your awareness uh, to the people around you, just notice their presence, open your awareness, including them. Maybe you have a sense of the person sitting close to you. person sitting close to you is a human being with feelings just like you. And this person sitting close to you wants to be happy just like you. So you connect with your own longing for happiness, your own longing for love, your own longing for peace, your own longing for healing, So the person sitting close to you is a human being with feelings and she wants to be happy just like you. So the 
the person sitting close to you, he is a human being with feelings and he or she wants to be loved, just like you. And just like you, she has been hurt, she has been disappointed and rejected. Just like you, she has experienced loss and sickness. So the person sitting close to you is a human being with feelings. And just like you, she is struggling. Just, just life is sometimes so overwhelming for you. The same is true for him. Life is sometimes so overwhelming for him as it is for you. So you stay connected with your body and with your breath and you just notice what happens when you reflect like that. When you connect with common humanity. The person sitting close to you is a human being with feelings just like you and sometimes she's she's shy just like you or she's boastful just like you and both are just ways of hiding hiding one's vulnerability just like you. And just like you, he wants to be loved and seen and accepted as for what he is, what she is, just like you. <coughs> and just, in, just like with you, there's this incredible fear to come out to show who you are because you're afraid to be rejected just like you just like him just like her so just like you he has been hurt in life and you can see it in his face and he can see it in yours. So you stay connected with your body and you're open to the common humanity. The head. 
even if you don't know the name under the surface you really know and can meet that person why? because she is a human being with feelings just like you person and also the other person here this uh, today they are human beings with feelings just like you and just like you they will die and just like you they don't know when Just see if you, if it's possible to look to the surface. Into what really matters to us and to appreciate the challenge of being human. The person sitting close to you is a human being and what that also means is that he or she has this incredible potential to shine and she wants to shine, just like you. <clears throat> just like you, she has this unique gift to give. This unique voice, just like you. And just like you, she is afraid and holds back. Just like you. And just like within you, that creativity, that wish to shine is part of, of her Buddha nature. This incredible sun of wisdom and compassion in her center. <coughs> just like you. So if you feel into her direction, into his direction, can you acknowledge the beauty the mystery, the wonder. Just like you. So not only we can meet in our wounds and traumas and longings, we can also meet in our uniqueness and in our creativity, in our Buddha nature. Just like you.
And then when you extend that awareness from this room, from this group, into your life, then you see how each person you meet, each person you will meet, and you have met, struggles, just like you, and has Buddha nature, just like you. And to recognize that, to be connected with that, is much more important than knowing how much they weigh, how much they earn, or what kind of education they have, or what kind of la language they speak, and where they are born. So. Breathing into your own humanity. You also breathe into the common humanity. Imagine yourself with that kind of experience, with that kind of insight uh, to meet people in daily life, in the bus, in the shop, with customers on the street. them all. They are the same, they are just like you. more minutes, just let go of that reflection and rest for a while in the aftermath, connecting with the breath, with your feelings.
So this is um, a symbol, uh, reflections, but uh, uh, it can really make a difference. It's um, it's something if if it's being done for a period, like let's say for two three weeks, you would do that maybe every morning before you go to your work, and you would take the people you meet during your day, like maybe the person you buy buy your coffee from in the morning, the people who are in your, in in the train the people you work with, and then the customers, yeah, the people who call you, like on the phone, if you have customers on the phone, or you have clients. Uh, so if, you, if, if one would do that reflection in the morning for 10-15 minutes, um, and then maybe do during the day, like little mini-meditation, medi mini, mini this is in general a very good idea to do mini-meditation, meaning you go back to your main practice, to that what you're working with in the morning or in the afternoon when you come home. And um, then uh, definitely you will, you will probably uh, notice a difference on that day. Like a kind of more, a, a kind of softness, a kind of appreciation like a deeper a deeper seeing sometimes it can be almost a bit overwhelming because you start to realize that you need to change your life that you need to change the way you look at people how you treat people the the people you work with you know the people like you know, customers for example or people who, who do things for you that you that like in a shop for example that you tr don't treat them like as things you know which are supposed to serve you but but you see wow no it's like pausing and seeing ah, wow she's a human being <coughs> and the way i treat her matters to her it makes a difference to her just as it makes a difference to me so I wonder how she wants to be treated. Ah, I know. I know how she wants to be treated because I know how I want to be treated. And, and I know what a difference it makes just if the bus driver sees me and is friendly when, when he gives me the ticket. It makes a difference because, wow, it's so nice to to be seen and to be treated respectfully and friendly. Ah, that's how I would like to treat my customers. And of course, we are, we are, we are doing this not because we should, like now maybe we think, oh yeah, I should be nicer, I should be more of this or that, 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 that's not the point. We start to see that if we take ourselves serious and if we take our happiness serious, that's the way to go. 
It's not because we should be nice people or then because then in the end we we get rewarded or no it's because it makes us happy. <coughs> So one could combine those two meditations, no? the one we did now and the meta meditation. So the way you would do it is you would start with the equanimity, deconstructing your projections, and then you would send out meta. You would say, so you would deconstruct this, uh, this category, for example, oh, stranger, stranger or even a bit stronger than stranger, like a bit like refugee. So you would deconstruct that, and then you would go into the meta meditation and say, oh, may you be happy, may you feel safe, may you be loved, may you you feel welcomed. So that's, that's... doing these two meditations together. Any comments to this meditation? Questions? Or maybe there's something left over from this morning? Something you... I have one thing. I feel almost stupid saying it, but when you say she had the same struggles as mm. you, and my ego was like, hm, no, I have the, the most problems in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for so, saying that. It's uh, so funny to see yeah. that. Oh yeah. my God. Because the other things I could, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah. But when you say struggle, <laughs> yeah. that yeah. was so funny. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Uh-huh. So it comes bit by bit now that it's, maybe it's like you say it's too overwhelming to to know that when I walk down the streets there can be somebody who have cancer and uh, mm. when they sit and uh, beg I almost can't look at them mm. because it's get yeah. overwhelming yes and then maybe my ego do of this story that I have the most problem in the world yeah. or something I don't know yeah maybe I don't know <laughs> what's going on. Yeah, it's good to it's good to explore what's going on, mm. and it's right. It's good to go step by step and not making it overwhelming, mm. uh, not not yeah, not to make it another overwhelming experience. Mm. But also, it's important that within the Mahayana tradition, we can dare to do this kind of meditations. So not only just saying may you be happy, but actually that it comes with this knowing that, that there is hope. It comes with the knowing that you have the Buddha nature, so there is something indestructible, powerful within you, but there is also the person who is the homeless person, which seems to be so hopeless in that situation. So, I mean, you would give up. Like you can, no, it's just too much. Just one homeless person is too much. Mm. But 
in the Mahayana tradition, you see that there is that potential. Also, that po- that person has the same potential as you. So when it becomes overwhelmed, it is also a sign that there is a la- lack of wisdom. There's too much a sense of I am separate from the other person who separately really suffers. That's not how this moment exists. Can we do like a combine of what we did before the break and now that I feel now for myself and others and when I was little and the whole world and then also take this also? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So this what that we kind of heal when we were little in a situation. Can we do that every day, or is that only occasionally? You can do that every day. Okay. And you can also do the same with the other person. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be also part of the common humanity, would be to see the wounded girl in the other person, the same as you see it in yourself. <coughs> So, and then you could practice metta with that girl in, in, in that person. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so you can be creative and, like, as you said, you could go like this, and like this. <laughs> Not only into the past and future, but also into the other dimension. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His Holiness, um, the Dalai Lama, uh, is uh, is coming to this point quite often. I guess uh, almost in every public talk he gives, uh, this point of, you know, I mean, he might even start with, you know, my brothers and sisters. We all want to be happy, and we want to avoid suffering. Yeah, so it, it, it's it, it, and he continues to say this, and if you don't reflect on it, if you in, if you don't feel into it, then it seems to be like a platitude, you know, something. Okay, yes, sure. Why do you say it again? I know we all want to be happy and we all want to avoid suffering, but uh, it almost it sometimes these kind of sentences they seem to seem to not worth to be said, but they are worth to be said. And he is saying them again and again because it's like, you know, reflect on it, go into deeply into it. What does it mean? The, how can it change your, your, your perspective on other people? And find your own words. Like... Uh, I said this morning, and I, I think I said it again this afternoon, I, one way to express this, uh, kind of this, we all struggle, we all uh, do, we, we don't want to suffer, is this uh, one way for myself to express it, like well, it, that it is so easy to feel overwhelmed within being human. 
the human experience is so overwhelming. I feel overwhelmed every day. But by my own life, but I mean, if I switch on the news or I see one headline about Trump, I, it's just overwhelming. It's too much. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it's overwhelming for all of us here. Uh, but it's also overwhelming for the people in Australia and for, for everyone. It's overwhelming to be human. I mean, it's, it's amazing that we make that, yeah? Why, why is that? I mean, why is it over, overwhelming? To be human. To be human. Yeah, if, you, if you see that headline, for example. Uh, because of uh, because of ignorance. Because at that moment I, I read the headline from a sense of a separate me, which is overwhelmed by a separate, a dangerous world out there. So the, 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 the root cause for that uh, overwhelm is the very fundamental, very basic, very, yeah, really very fundamental, basic, a dualistic move of I and the world. And then the world becomes overwhelming for the I. Because the world is crazy. Somehow. It's crazy, it's big, it's so many, it's like one thing after another, it's so complex, it's under, you can't understand it. There's, there's no wisdom in the other person. It, We believe. Yeah. Yes. Wrongfully. Yes. There is no wisdom in yeah. those people in, in the wars or yeah. maybe Trump. He has no it, wisdom. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump thinks he's the liver. Huh? Trump thinks he's the liver. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, but, but, yeah. A, a liver which really screams, I, I, I. Yeah. Yeah, but the, there is there is wisdom in this crazy yes. dictator <laughs> yeah, yeah. or so something too. like that. Yeah, so there must be. Yes. When, when you start to see that, then that's the beginning of starting uh, starting to develop uh, wis uh, wisdom. Yes. Mm -hmm. To see that. And then the overwhelm reduces. Yeah. You can trust that this kind of crazy person will somehow at some point come to some truth or sanity. Yeah, the whole situation. You don't have to do anything about it. The separate, yeah. the separate the eye. The separate eye does not need to do anything about it. The Buddha nature might do something. Yeah. Uh, it might go to a demonstration and uh, <laughs> uh, sign and, and try to be a good person. Yeah, But it's right that the eye does not need to do anything. Actually, almost everything what the I does uh, adds to the violence, adds to the confusion. Mm. Yes. When we do these practices, isn't it actually a combination of Butsu Trayana, Mahayana and, and Tantrayana that it goes in and out yes. of each other? Yes. Because I recognize in every three that they have the other part that it's like one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And for you, it happens like that because you have been listening to uh, to Tibetan Buddhist teachings, where the foundation is always the Tantrayana, always the thought of Buddha nature, always the thought of Bodhicitta. Yeah, because I was thinking after lunch that I cannot actually separate it, but no. this one. Yeah, but yeah. it's one for you because you look from here. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you look from there, from up there, I will separate. You would see it as like you not would. The two all together. If I am at Mahayana, I will not see the three together. If yes. I am at Tantrayana, I will not see three no, together. No, no. But uh, if I am in Tantrayana, yes. I will see three together. Yes. Then I know where I come from. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, just wanted to check it out. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So the, the, the Mahayana includes the Sutrayana and the Tantrayana includes the Mahayana and the Sutrayana. Includes includes them, but it goes further. But if I am solid in Mahayana or solid in Sutrayana, I will not see you. No, you, you, will, you would get angry. Yeah, you would mean that. You, you would say, no, this... This Mahayana, this, this this is wishful thinking to add, to think that everyone has Buddha nature. Yeah. Uh, this is not how it is. It's just uh, this is like it's like Christianity. <laughs> we are, this is not Buddhism. That is actually freeing to to see the Buddha nature itself. It's freeing to uh, to see how uh, the different yanas that they are. Constructed that they are made up. Yeah. And I have Do you know what I mean? Say, oh, I'll say it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did, but it. it I was thinking yeah. What wh- what I mean is. You no, know, sometimes when we have a perspective, we forget that this is a perspective. We feel this is the truth. Yeah. We would say this is what the Buddha taught. And it is like that. And this is the truth. This is the only way. This is what the scriptures means. And this is what I have to do. And this is the practice we have to do. Then we have, have lost so, the whole truth. Then we like the horses yeah, in the race. Like but, but then if you, if, you, if you go into the Mahayana and Tantrayana, then you start to see that the Mahayana and the Tantrayana and the Hinayana are perspectives, that they are made up, that they are empty. So, you are much more relaxed mm-hmm. with other path, with other ways to practice, with other, with people who have different approaches, with people who use different maps, mm-hmm. and you not even take your own map as serious. No, no, too true. Like I said to a friend during the break that. I could never put a label that I am this and this and this. We talked with about this on the, the yes. lunch, and yeah. I feel like I I I am spontaneously a people that will not draw so tight borders. I, I kind of uh, do a little uh, practice myself that I go up in my little secret helicopter and hovering over the things that I cannot understand and see it from different angles. Mm-hmm. 
or take a step back. Don't have the nose in the fight. Step back and see what it's about. Because mm -hmm. what is on the scene is not the truth. It's behind the scene, behind the curtains and, and the curtains again and outside the building even. What's happening is the most uh, the illusion. Mm -hmm. And I think that is very helpful to not be stopped. Yeah. Yes. So the uh, second point, the second kind of meditations, there's more, there's others, but I, I just choose these three is uh, the reflection on the kindness of others. And after the break, I will uh, lead that meditation. Traditionally, this meditation um, is uh, done with the kindness of the mother. The kindness of the mother and the, the uh, adaption of the view that since we have had countless lives, we have had countless mothers, so every person you meet at one point in your, in your career, in your cosmic career, uh, that person, which maybe this life manifests as an ant or as Trump or as your friend or has been your mother, has been, and, and now it fits that we talked about the mother today. We start to see, wow, the powerful mother-father, yeah? let's say, I mean, it's, it's a bit too, too narrow thinking yeah? that they talk about the, the, the kindness of the mother, because, I mean, father is also, I mean, father is working his ass off in a shitty job which he really hates and he's giving up his hobby and he's not spending his holidays with his friends like he wants and he can't buy his motorbike and going out drinking beer in the evening because he wants you to go to school and have a good education no, father, father, fathers say they go, they, you know, 95% of all people who die in their job are men, are fathers. 95%. So there is a lot of sacrifice on the male part. It, it is a bit different than the mother, yeah? Because it's more like emotional and, but... but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just saying that um, that it's also worth to do the same reflections with the father. Yeah. Yeah. To acknowledge what father did for us. Mm. You mean it's different uh, emotional 
Yeah, somehow I think because you know, mother carried us in our womb, and she really, she held us probably more in her in the first year, in the first two years than father, and she probably feels somehow more more closer to the child. I don't know, I'm not sure about that, but it could be. I mean, it is often the case that if someone leaves the child behind, then it's often the father, rather than the mother. That could be also, of course, because the father, the fathers are, in some legal systems, not really supported in in being there and staying. That could be part of that, but that is also some biological reasons, I guess. Yeah, but anyway, so the kindness, yeah. So the the way traditionally it's been done, you reflect on the kindness of the mother. So you you. You you think about your don't do it now yeah so don't think about your mother but it's <laughs> <laughs> too, <late. laughs> so too late yeah don't think about the mother it's too late now there she is um, so what you do is you 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 acknowledge for you acknowledge what the, your mother uh, gave you what your mother did for you and of course one thing for sure even if she gave you away. She gave you the most precious thing, and that's your life. So, she 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 had you she she had you in her body, like very close. And you were important for her then. She was thinking about you, and you know. And then, of course, then you can if it went kind of okay. So let's say you had. Let's imagine you have had a good enough mother. Maybe some of you had a really completely screwed up mother, but let's say many people kind of had a good enough mother. So the good enough mother, she really, I mean, she she took care of you when you were sick. She taught she taught you speaking. She taught you how to go to toilet, how to put on clothes, how to eat. She didn't sleep properly for a few years, like waking up in the night, feeding you, you know, taking care of you when, when you had fever. Because, I mean, when we were born, when you were born, you were completely helpless. You wouldn't have survived one day without mother carrying you around. It's too cold, you, she puts you warm. It's too hot, she puts you into the shade. Um, so she had, I mean, she was removing your shit. She, she had to clean you. She had to, she had to put food into your mouth. Actually, for a few years. Imagine that. Every meal. For a few years, she had to, you know, put the food into your mouth. Crazy. <laughs> and she was so happy when you started to walk. You no, know, so adorable, the most beautiful little boy, the most beautiful little girl. Look, she starts to smile, she starts to speak her first word, Mama. And, 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 and Mama is so happy about, about these little stupid things, as if they are so unique and so beautiful and so precious. But in the eye of your mother, it were. It was like that. And probably even... I mean, if your mother is still alive, 
and she's maybe a horrible person, but she wants, I think she wants, still wants you to be happy. I think she wants to be, probably, it's very, very likely that she wants you to be happy. So, so you contemplate like that. Now, for us, and that's why this, this uh, traditional meditation is difficult for us, you know, out of cultural reasons, uh, out of the the traumatic background we have, you know, in through the through the through the wars, through the you know, through, through the history. I mean, now I to, I talk as a German. I I don't know what kind of collective trauma Swedish people have, yeah. But uh, out of you know, many different reasons. Uh, for many of us, we have stuff still with our mother. And, uh, and, and that stuff, uh, at one point, of course, we need to address. We need to work with it. We need to look at it, let it go, cultivate a healthy way to, without ignoring the wounds, healing them, and, and and coming to a to yeah to a to a healing of the relationship to our mother and actually this meditation could be a support of that could help that but that's not the purpose in the tradition it's it, the purpose of this meditation in the tradition is not to do some kind of psychological healing we could use it like that as part of that but it's not meant like that. What it is meant for is to connect with that deep, deep gratitude, that deep, deep gratitude that mother took care of you. And not only in this life, but also in all other lives. So it's like mother as an archetype. So now, after the break, we will do it a bit different. We will not meditate on mother, uh, but what we will do is we will scan our life from birth until today, and I will lead you, and we will look into different groups of people who have contributed to our life. In that kind of caring way, in that in that giving way, in that teaching way. So, you know, childhood, your school years, your education, friends, teachers. So we will scan your life, and I will invite you to imagine all these people, like they're in front of you, like in a Harry Potter picture. Yeah, you know the Harry Potter pictures, like. It's, it's a picture of a group of people and they, they move, like they, they smile and they wave. <laughs> it's not like a static picture. It's like they are alive in that picture. Yeah? I mean, they don't do complicated things, but still they are, like, they are smiling and they, they are alive. So we will do the same and we will assemble kind of instinctively. We don't think so much about it. People who have been kind. To you so your mother and your father could be within that yeah 
But you know, if you right now have a more a sense that your father or your mother did more harm than good, then you just don't put them into this picture. Then you focus on your friends and your teachers and, and, and different people who have given you the gifts. So this, uh, this meditation is the same as in the equanimity meditation. The purpose here is to develop a deep sense of connectedness, a deep sense of kinship, a deep sense that of the care and kindness which brought you to this moment, which made you into what you are. And then you open to that and you explore what kind of response is coming from you when you reflect like that. What kind of response? What does it, what does it make with you when you realize that Everything you know, you have learned from others. Everything you have, you receive from others. Even going to toilet was not natural for you. You had to learn it. Someone had to teach you. <coughs> now, all the nice words I now say to you, I have, I, I have learned. I have learned that. I didn't, no, today I didn't give you any original thought. I mean, kind of private, my own kind of thinking. It's all something I received from others. And this is true for everything. How I use my computer, how I write. I mean, if I write SMS, someone had to teach me to write. So all the skills I have, where I sometimes, where maybe one can feel like, wow, oh, I'm a really smart guy, I, I know a lot of things, and you know, I'm quite good with this. Yeah? <laughs> like man, tend very much, much to do that. Yeah? Uh, and it's bullshit. Someone, another man had, taught, had to teach you. I... I yeah. It's really strange when you say it like yeah. that. I feel like, wow, I have never been thinking like that. I could be raised by wolves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, but if, but if you would have raised by wolves, yeah. you could do the meditation with them. Yeah, I could. <laughs> and still I would be alive yeah, in yes. way. Yeah, yeah. But I've never been thinking like the way you say it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 